Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host. Josh Harris, little technical difficulties. Apparently, you can't hit live and hit end and go back to the same link. You live and you learn. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, it's a lesson learned here uh, five and a half months into the season. (laughs) Uh, We'll have it for next year at least. First time we have made that mistake, but surprised it actually took this long, to be honest. Yeah. Um, In all honesty, yeah. Yeah, but we are sponsored by Bet365. We have a nice deal for them coming up in the show as you guys are trickling in. See Nolan laughing at us. It happens. It happens. It happens. We're here. We figured it out. Um, Yeah. I know you guys are going to be trickling in since the link is different, but when you come in, hit smash that like button, subscribe, get that notification to get alerts when our shows go live. We have a 10-game slate tonight. We had a six-game slate last night with a lot of firepower. Kind of the early games are very, very disappointing. How did you do last? No. Uh, I, I, had a, I, had a buff, I had an old Buffalo one, Arizona one with – like Gibson, Benoit, and Nemeth or something like that. And then when Tage Thompson was out, it was a scramble. So I went to New Buffalo one with a double Florida center and no, just no, <laughs> no. Yeah, so I've, you I've, okay. So I got Arizona two, right? Had McCarr, had Evan Bouchard, but then I stacked Florida, Barkov, Verhage, Kachuk, so, it was underwhelming. I still almost cashed, but, you know. One of those nights, man, it just happens. Yeah, I, I said to you before the show that those Florida, Colorado, Edmonton slates just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, those shorter slates with those three teams are my nemesis. But anyway, we have a nice 10-gamer tonight. I don't know how nice it is, really. Uh, we got chalk flyers. We have the Rangers with the highest total. That's just a recipe for absolute scenes. But let's let's navigate through it here uh, before we get into it. Um, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. You download the Stochastic Avatar from stochastic.com backslash avatar. Easy enough for FanDuel or DraftKings. Place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. I don't even know if that's possible in NHL right now with MLB starting, but MLB starting on Thursday. You'll definitely be able to achieve that there. If you do, you can tweet the win to Stochastic HOF on Twitter or 
If you don't have Twitter, you can email us with your screenshot. And if you do, you win a free month Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is a $120 value. Gives you access to everything we have on the site. You can win once per year, but if you are winning multiple times, you're making some good cheddar there. Shout out to Bet365. We'll have a nice offer from them in a little bit. But let's hop into this slate here. We have the... Nashville Predators with a 2.3 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.7 total. UC Soros and uh, Linus Olmark or Linus Olmark are confirmed. Boston getting their guys back, so they're going back to Bertuzzi, Pasternak, Krejci on the second line, uh, DeBrusque with Bergeron and Marchand. Uh, Duchesne is out for the Predators. This, you know, I, I want to say it's a blessing because we got through chalk predators by fading them without them blowing up. And now Duchesne's out. So their lines are just an absolute mess. I, I mean, imagine. there was that one game where they had like 10 points between them. I think yeah, but they weren't they were, chalk and it was on the fourth plate. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It was, they were on the roads and pretty low owned, but yeah, we did avoid all the super chalk at home. So, uh, Man, we made it through it. Maybe we'll do it again uh, here tonight with uh, another team later on the slate, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, before we uh, the announcement of this game, I just I saw um, a couple people in the chat. Matt McCarthy said won the 10K on Saturday. Congrats to you, Hockey Freak Sean. Said I finished 20th in the five dollar single entry. Listen, getting to the top of these contests doesn't matter what the contests are. Single entry, not as easy as people think. Um, so yeah, getting into the top one percent finishes that's what you're looking for. Uh, congrats to you guys and uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, let's get your thoughts on – well, Boston 1 is going to be back together. Those guys were out over the weekend with nagging injuries. It's a 3.7 total. Nashville is just a shell of their former self. I think there's like two guys in the lineup from the opening day roster, and I think it's Colton Sissons and Yakov Trenin. <laughs> um, I guess Ryan McDonough, like the guys on the blue line, but like – they're just a shell of their former selves. Somehow they're only like four or five points out of the playoff spot, but they're not going to make the playoffs. This is a Boston game. It's just – I don't know how I feel about Boston. I haven't know – I've had struggles with Boston the past few weeks because they've already locked up pretty much the President's Trophy. Like they have that locked up. It's just a matter of trying things. They tried some things in practice. I don't know if they're going to go with it. They moved Orlov into Pasternak's spot on power play one, but David Pasternak on power play two. I think they're just going to look for things for to work on before the end of the season. So I'm not sure how much Boston I'm going to have. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, the ice time thing is something that we brought up often. Usually we're on the side that if they're not getting a lot of ice time, it's because they're winning by a lot of goals. Um Certainly something that could happen here tonight. I noticed that Boston's defensive numbers really haven't been that great this month. Like going back four weeks, I guess, to the end of February, Boston's outside the top 10 of the league by shot attempts against at five on five and outside the top 10 of the league by expected goals against five on five. What's saving them is I think 945 goaltending, which is about what they've had all year. So, you know, the def- I, I think it's starting to show in their play a little bit that they, they're they just looking forward to the middle of April at this point, right? Like, um, But at the same time, they're still generating a lot of offense. Um, that top line in the month of March, even if the defensive numbers have slid a little bit, 
3.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes, five on five, 5.3 actual goals for over 70 shot attempts per 60 minutes. They're still generating a ton on a per minute basis. They aren't playing a lot, 16, 17 minutes. Like I think Bergeron's last five games, he's averaged like 15, 45 a game or something like that. I think that's about what we can expect here. And it's for one of those reasons, it's for that reason that I'm not really super high on picking against Nashville here tonight. Like there are a number of reasons, right? One, you know, even if Boston only has a two nothing lead, you probably won't get much ice time from the top line. Um, The other thing is, as you mentioned, is they were trying different power play combinations this morning at morning skate. One of them, including David Pasternak on the second power play unit, which I think would change things quite a bit for both power play units uh, and the upside uh, of the second line and kind of by extension, the top line. Um, You and I have talked about, you know, Pasternak's impact of five on five on goal scoring, but it's pretty much the same thing on the power play as well. Um, So you have them probably trying different things on the power play. And, you know, there have been times when Tyler Bertuzzi has been moved to the top line this season, um, even with Bergeron in the lineup. I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm not super high on playing a lot of Boston here tonight. I'm not super high on playing a lot of either side amongst their forwards. The Nashville, I call it the top line now with Duchesne out, that Novak Sherwood Evangelista line, they're generating quite a bit as well. Um, so, you know, if you want to one-off somebody, I, I guess it's fine. But they're start, even they're starting to get expensive, right? Like Sherwood's cheap, but Novak and Evangelista are both 5K. Like that's not cheap, especially when you're going into Boston. So, you know, if you want to one-off Sherwood or something like that, you can do that. But I'm going to be honest. I don't think this is a game where I'm particularly targeting um, forced forwards, um, even if it's a pretty good matchup for Boston because, uh, like, it just seems – it, it could be a night where, you know, Charlie Coyle has as much ice time as Patrice Bergeron, right? So, honestly, if anything, it would be probably picking maybe some cheaper duos from the Bruins and moving along. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. If you didn't, I would probably dabble with Coyle and Bertuzzi, if anything. Like, in a, in single entry, if you're, you know, making 20 to 150, you can obviously have some Boston, like – they have a 3.7 total. They're going to score some goals. It's just, you know, in one lineup, do you want to pay that price for maybe 15, 16 minutes? It's gamble with these power play units. They're trying to, you know, work some stuff in. If, you know, these guys get hurt in the playoffs or whatever, they're trying to see what works. So, yeah, I, like one to three lineups for me, I'm probably going to Coil and Bertuzzi. Let's move on to the next one here. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 2.8 total heading into Carolina. The Hurricanes have a 3.1 total. Andre Vasilevsky, Piotr Kochetkov, probable. It's another one of these games, and like it is kind of an important game for Carolina. Um, not so much for Tampa. They're kind of resigned to their fate of playing the Leafs in the first round. Carolina has both the Devils and the Rangers breathing down their neck in the division. That division is far, even though they've all clinched playoff spots, any one of those three teams can win the division. The the Hurricanes here, without Svechnikov and their center depth, they just are just going nuts with their lines. But Ajo, Natchez, Teravainen, Kakaniemi, Nason, and Jarvis, I just, you know, we've talked ad nauseum. When Jarvis is away from Ajo, he just 
isn't the same player. So that being said, oh, I see Jordan Martinook on the top line. Sorry, Jordan Martinook on the top line with Netches and Aho. So I mean, they're just they're just searching for line combinations here. And uh, but the point about Jarvis still stands. Like Jarvis away from Aho just isn't it. If anything, maybe that Carolina top line because I like Jordan Martinook, but. And Tampa Bay hasn't been great recently, but this is another one of those games. Not too much interest on either side. Yeah, I don't mind the Carolina top line. I, I think it was well, show last week on Thursday, I believe. We were talking about Jordan Martineau getting moved up to the top six. And, you know, his entire problem for his career has generally been just staying healthy. You know what I mean? Um, he's certainly not a bad player. Like there's a reason why he was, he's when he's been healthy, he's been a staple of their third, their third line, the shutdown line for a, a few seasons. It's because he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, whether he belongs on that top line with Aho is another question, but I, I'm like, they're running. They just don't have options. Like, you take Pacioretty and Sveshnikov out of the lineup, you're taking 70 goals out of the lineup, give or take, right? Like, it's a lot to lose. And they don't have the guys to replace them internally. So, you know, trying different stuff makes sense. You know, Aho and Martinuk, they're... Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Offensive generation numbers have been pretty good together this year. Like, they haven't played a lot together, but they're up over 65 minutes, 2.9 expected goals four per 60, three and a half actual goals for only 45 shot attempts against per 60 minutes. Um, pretty high goals against, but I mean, it's a small sample goals against. It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, Martin Oak is um, playing around 16 minutes of late, um, especially in the last game where he got moved up. Aho's got 28 shots in his last 10 games. You know, Natchez and Aho both on the top power play unit. Top power play unit features Burns and Gostas Bear now, um, by the way. Um, and Tampa Bay just hasn't really been good defensively. Uh, their top line since the trade deadline, which was almost four weeks ago now, 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes. The second line, going back to the all-star break, 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes at 505. Like, neither top line has been good defensively, which is why I think you've seen Tampa Bay change up their lines quite a bit over the last, you know, three or four weeks. Um, so I, I don't really care what the matchup is. They have been using Jordan Stahl a little bit more versus top comp. So I assume um, getting more of that Stamkos matchup and more uh, of that third line matchup. That doesn't really bother me. 
Um, the Tampa Bay penalty kill has been bot legit bottom 10 in the league for two months now, like going back basically to the middle of January. Um, this isn't, you know, they've had a bad couple weeks or you, they're just looking forward to the playoffs. It's no, they've been bad since before the all-star game. Um, so I, you know, I don't mind I certainly don't mind the two man of, of Aho and Natchez. If you want a full stack and add Martinook, I have no problem with that either. There's not much ownership. Top stacks tool has them around 4%. I think that's where I would go in this game. That's about the only place I would go. Like I am still just firmly fading teams going into Carolina. Their goalies are going to have bad games sometimes. And, you know, the, the the visiting team will score four goals or five goals or whatever. That'll happen. But the team is just so good defensively. I don't want to bank on any one single line going out and scoring three goals against them or something like that, right? So, you know, if I were to do anything, it would be the Tampa top line. Um, Hagel, Kucherov, and Point, um, they're not getting much ownership. Hagel's still at about three shots per game over his last six games, even though he's lost his top power play role. Um, Brain Point could hit 50 goals this year. Like, it's still a really, really good top line. It's just a brutal matchup. If anything, on the Tampa side, it would be the top line. But I think it's only the Carolina top line I have interest in in this game. Same. I appreciate Tampa absolutely just tanking going into the playoffs, giving Leafs fans all the hope in the world. And it's going to get ripped out in that first round, we hope. Inhale that copium. Let's move on to the next one. Columbus Blue Jackets. Wait, no. Just kidding. Jumping the gun there. Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.6 total. Heading into Detroit, the Red Wings have a 2.8 total. Casey DeSmith, Alex Nedeljkovic are confirmed. Welcome back, Nedeljkovic. He has been in the minors, probably for good reason. <laughs> Detroit mixing up their lines here. They're going uh, Larkin, Perron, Kubalik, Lucas Raymond, Andrew Kopp, Pia Suter. That just screams defensive liability. Uh, Pittsburgh going with Crosby, Gensel, Rust, Malkin, Zucker, Granlin, Raquel, Poling, and Heinen. Yeah. I mean, okay. This is a really, really good spot for the Penguins top line. It's a good power play spot. The Detroit penalty kill has been bad. Uh, Nadelkovich has been bad. I don't know what his minor league numbers were looking like while he was down there, but while he was up with Detroit this season, he had been pretty poor. I don't know. I wish Raquel was up on that top line to make it fully correlated, but with Rust up there, they have, you know, they still create a bunch. This is a good matchup. Excuse me. So, you know, Pittsburgh around 13% on a 10 game slate. It's a steep price to pay, but in the tops, in the top stacks, they're one of the top, like one of the top two percentage. So I'm in on Pittsburgh one here with Gremlin on Pittsburgh two. I'm out on them. If you want to add in like a Malkin for more power play, that's fine. But I, I just can't stack the line with Gremlin in 2023. Yeah. I, I mean, I get what you're saying with Gremlin, but I, I he's still a really, really good passer. That's the one thing that we can't take away from him is he's still a really good playmaker he doesn't do a lot else, but he's still a really good playmaker. And like Jason Zucker, like he's been shooting the puck a lot lately, right? 41 shots in his last 10 games. That's a lot. That's a lot. And um, if Granlin can kind of get him in better spots and find him in better spots, maybe it can help the line score more. 
it certainly won't help them defensively. I know that much. Um, I don't think I'm as excited to play Pittsburgh. And I was at the outset. When I started researching the slate, Pittsburgh one was one of the uh, spots that I had circled before I started researching because going into Detroit, pretty good power play matchup, so on and so forth. Now, Pittsburgh's top line has been generating a lot of offense. Don't get me wrong. 4.4 expected goals for 60 minutes for Pittsburgh's top line over the last four weeks. Um, Quick, you know, quick math off the top of my head. That's about 70% higher than the league average. Problem is they're not finishing. And that's been a big problem for Pittsburgh quite often this season. It's been kind of the same problem that we talked about yesterday with Ottawa. Um, They go in long stretches where they're shooting four, five, six percent. And that's a big problem for DFS. Um, whether that's systems or whether it's luck, I think I'm, you said a while ago that there's probably something to their systems. And I, I, I agree with that. Here's the problem is Detroit's not been that bad defensively of late. I was looking at their numbers in the month of March. Top 10 by expected goals against. Top 10 by fewest shots against. Problem is the goaltending's been 876. So we're banking on the goaltending being bad, which it very well could be with Alex Nedeljkovic in net. As you mentioned, he had really struggled since leaving Carolina. Um, Hasn't been himself. That's why he's been in the AHL. Uh, So maybe they can fill the net on what should be a bad goalie. But like Detroit's defensive numbers themselves have been getting better this month. And with Lucas Raymond off the top line, which is something you and I talk about quite a bit, and uh, Dylan Larkin's defensive numbers improve a lot. Like, depending which metric you look at, at least 20%. I, it, it could end up being not a great matchup for Pittsburgh 1. I still think they're perfectly fine because there's not a ton of ownership on them. But these guys could end up in the teens, like the mid-teens, like 14 15%. And on the road on a 10-game slate, it feels hefty to me. Now they're only 19,100. Like they're not at 22,400 or 22,400 line or something like that. So it's, I think they're still fine to play. I think the second line is still fine to play as well. I just think there are reasons to not play, to not be so gung ho on Pittsburgh tonight. And that's something that struck me as I was making my way through the slate, especially when you consider how bad the penalty kill has been, right? Or the power play, sorry, the Pittsburgh power play. Yeah, they've been terrible. They've been atrocious. So if they can't take advantage of that Detroit penalty kill, maybe it's not a good night for the Penguins here. So, like, I, I agree with you that overall it, it it seems like a fine spot when you consider reasonable enough ownership, um, reasonable pricing, you know, good shot generation and all that. I just don't think that the matchup, is as good as we make we might make it out to be. And then moving Granlin up to the second line is kind of like the canary in the coal mine, I think, here, of them being like literally like one bad period away from just blowing up the lineup. That's that's a concern that I also have. So not in as much on Pittsburgh. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm in more on Detroit here tonight. Um Larkin Perron. Uh, on the top line is a top line that I'm very, very interested in. Um, Larkin Perron and Kubalik together this year, 3.3 expected goals for per 60 minutes of five and five in nearly 100 minutes together. 
5.2 actual goals for shooting 12.7%. That shooting percentage is a little high, but like, even if you just normalize that uh, a little bit, like they're still scoring way above the league average because they're generating so much. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. And like, man, you want to talk about bad penalty kills. Pittsburgh's has been awful for six, seven weeks now. I, I mean, like, Fringe bottom five in the league, right around the Montreal Anaheim tier. Awful. So, you know, you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They've been pretty good at five on five. I'm not really worried about the Pittsburgh matchups. The Pittsburgh, like as bad as the Detroit goaltending has been, it's not like the Pittsburgh goaltending has been anything to write home uh, about either, right? Like maybe league average is the best you could say about them. I kind of like Detroit one here tonight the best. Yeah. Like... Pittsburgh has been pretty bad defensively too, on top of getting bad goaltending. So, yeah, Detroit one could be a nice little sneaky GPP option here tonight. Got the lights going off in my head about that one. Let's move on to the Rangers. <laughs> the highest all of the night. That never sits well with me. Columbus Blue Jackets, the 2.3 total heading into Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 4.2 total. Michael Hutchinson, Igor Shesterkin, Confirmed. Blue Jackets practice yesterday. Had morning skate today. Didn't get lines. They released them while we were on the air. It's Marchenko back up to the top line. Peterson with Johnson and Roslevic. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> like I, I just don't know how much interest I would have in the Blue Jackets anyway. Like Gaudreau, Jenner, Marchenko could be a nice, you know. I don't want to say filler because they're 17,000, but I think they can be in your MME mix despite a 2.3 total. Like it's pretty concentrated where the 2.3 is coming from. I know my boy Kent Johnson's on the second line, but like it's that top line doing most of the heavy lifting. Um, This is a Rangers game and it's, it's, it's kind of tricky because they have three playable lines and all of them have been playing well recently. Like the last game, the kids line did all the damage. Then you get the, the Zabanajan line doing the damage. Then you have Kane and Panarin doing work. Like, I can't imagine that this Columbus team is going to have a good penalty kill. Michael Hutchinson's like their 48th string goalie this season. I kind of want a power play stack here. But I also, if you want to spend up somewhere else, I don't have an issue going to the kids. I also don't have an issue full stacking the top line. I also don't have an issue full stacking the second line. I will say the ownership on the top two lines are pretty hefty. So I think, like, it's fine. Like, it's nothing egregious. But for me, I think I'm going to do some sort of power play stack. Or if I'm spending up for, like, Edmonton or something like that, I'll mix and match in the kids. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I... Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think line matching matters a whole lot against this Columbus team, considering just how beat up they are. Like you said, they're missing their first three goalies at least. Um, basically their entire blue line from the start of the season is gone now, um, either injured or traded. The top line for Columbus with Marchenko there has been bad defensively. Shocker. (laughs) 3.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes, 74 shot attempts against per 60 minutes of five on five. I was looking comparably. Their shot attempts against a five on five is basically the Carolina Hurricanes penalty kill. Uh, like, that's honestly what it is. When Columbus's top line is on the ice, even though it's five on five, it's basically a really good penalty kill. That's how the numbers are working out, which means it's a tremendous matchup for the Zabanajad line. One thing I'll note is that line's not really creating a ton. 2.3 expected goals for per 60 minutes of five on five. It's better than what, you know, Kane and Panarin were generating when they were together, but it's not as good as the second line. And that worries me a little bit because the reason they're scoring is because they're shooting 21%. Like literally half that would be amongst the top finishers in the league. So they're obviously just running incredibly hot for the last, you know, 100 minutes or whatever they've been together. Um, and the other problem is the spread out ice time, right? Every single forward's playing under 18 minutes. Like even, I think Vincent Trocek is the one that's maxing out at like 1754 or something like that over their last five or six games. So it's a pretty good matchup for that Rangers top line at five on five. Um, but they're not generating a lot. It's basically as good a matchup for the second line. And they are generating a lot. Three and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes of five on five. But they are finishing as well. 4.3 actual goals, four per 60 minutes at five on five. Uh, Kreider has five goals in his last 10 games. Um, As well, they're not getting a lot of ice time. Like I said, Trocek's topping out at 18 minutes. He's the most amongst their forwards. But it's a really good matchup of five on five, and they're generating more. So if I had to pick one or the other, it would be the Kane, Panera, and Trocek line. But I think I'm I'm kind of in your boat. Like if I were to stack that line, I might take out Trocheck and put in Zabanajad and just kind of turn it into a power play stack. You know what I mean? Um, the Columbus penalty kill it hasn't been bad, but the goaltending on their penalty kill has been, and I can't imagine Michael Hutchinson's going to make that a whole lot better. So uh, Rangers two for me in this game. Uh, nothing from the Columbus side. Yeah, you can work from Columbus one in MME. The moral lineups if they get in organically, but like. I'm not going to bank my night on 2.3 on the road in Madison Square Garden. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Bet365. And man, if you want to make money from the books, take advantage of these great promo offers. They don't come around very often, and we have a great one from Bet365. 
Click the link in the description below. If you bet $1, uno peso, $1, you get $365 in bonus bets. Obviously, you have to deposit. Bonus bets winnings are added to the bonus bets balance. Bonus wagers are uh, bonus bet wager excluded from returns. Time limits and exclusions apply. But, you know, if you are betting uh, daily on sports books, you won't have that problem. It's only available in New Jersey, Colorado, Ohio, and Virginia. It's slowly getting into more states. Um, I'm in New Jersey. I use Bet365 a lot, especially for goal prop, uh, anytime goal scorer prop. Also, I really like it for MMA. But they're also very good for other sports as well. So make sure to click that link in the description below. One dollar will get you $365 in bonus bets. Montreal with a 2.9 total. Heading into Philadelphia, the Flyers have a 3.6 total. Caden Primo, Carter Hart are confirmed. Let's check out these lines here. <laughs> you never know with torts. Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, Joel Farabee. Almost 16% ownership. Kevin Hayes, James Van Reemdyke, James Van Reemsdyke, Kiefer Bellows, almost 12% projected ownership. That's crazy. Like Montreal's horrific. Yeah, I get that. And they have Caden Primo in that. Yeah, he's probably not great. But on the flip side, the Flyers kind of suck too. <laughs> and, uh, Montreal top line, Harvey Pinard, Suzuki, Hoffman, 1.8% projected ownership. Kirby Doc, Dennis Gurianov, Johnny Druin, 1.3% projected ownership. I, I know the Flyers have a 3.6 and they're at home, but the Canadians have a 2.9 in the road, which is astronomical for them. They're getting a tenth of the ownership of the Flyers. This is a clash of just bad teams. I think I would have to side with the Canadians here. I don't think I can eat Flyers chalk. That's that just screams early night. I mean, just to kind of hammer home that this is a good matchup for Montreal as well. We're <laughs> there's three weeks left in the season. This Montreal team has a higher goal total than Tampa Bay does tonight. Um, you mentioned that Gurian offline at one point three percent. They're really really cheap as well. Um, Gurianov, Druent, and yeah, Kirby Dock, 10700 That Kevin Hayes line is more expensive at like 11500 and is like 11% owned. It's literally 10 times the ownership, and they're more expensive. I don't get it. This 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 spot is Nashville chalk two, two weeks ago all over again. Like I, I'm just going to say right now, if I were to play anything – from the flyer side, it would probably be Flyers 2. It would be that James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Hayes. But they're going 11-7, so there's going to be some different line combinations. Now, those have typically been further down the lineup. But, I mean, Frost and Forrester have been kind of getting more ice time than JVR and Hayes of late anyways. Forrester is out, I believe. Yeah, that's Allison and Lemieux on the, on that yeah. line. But that's what that line had been getting more ice yeah. time than, than Hayes of late. Um so it, it typically affects the lower lines a little bit more, but I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not, when there's a direct comparable across the ice to them at a 10th, the ownership, I don't understand playing Philadelphia tonight. 
that's not to say that Philadelphia can't smash them. It would not shock me whatsoever if 11 o'clock rolls around, I check my phone, and Philly obliterated them 6-1. <laughs> but it also wouldn't shock me if it's if it's the other way around either, if Montreal obliterates them 6-1. Like, the, these are both bad teams. And, te- like, playing Philly in a nutshell, in a vacuum, is fine. At 10 times the ownership of the of a mirror team to them on the other side, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, like, if you want to play Flyers, go ahead. I, the ownership just doesn't make sense. I, I, did, I didn't even consider them when I once I saw that ownership, uh, especially once I saw Montreal. So on the Montreal side, it's it's a question of what to do. Like, Harvey Pinard, Suzuki, and Hoffman are a little bit more expensive. They're 14700 on DraftKings. We don't have a big sample with them as a trio, but Harvey Bernard and, and Suzuki are at 2.9 expected goals for per 60 minutes in the month of March, which anybody paying attention to Montreal expected goals numbers, that's an absolute miracle. Like they have been generating quite a bit of offense and there's no matchup on the flyer side that worries me offensively or defensively. So if you want to go right to that Montreal top line, I think that's fine. Like the flyers is penalty kill. What was a strength for them has turned into one of their bigger weaknesses over the last six weeks. Um, Montreal's penalty kill has been better since Matheson um, returned to the lineup and they added Harvey Pinard. So I really don't mind Montreal one here uh, tonight. If you want to dip down, like if you need like a super cheap two-man stack, I would probably go to Montreal too and just do like two-man of like Doc and Druin or Gurianoff and Druin, something like that. Um, I, I, I just don't see the reason to play Philadelphia tonight. Like I said, when you can get Montreal at a tenth of the ownership and they're projecting nearly as well. So this is a Montreal game for me. In a nutshell, I, I can see myself using the dock line more because I would need them as a filler for more expensive stacks. But I think both top lines are certainly in play. Yeah, here's the thing, right? The Flyers power play units are just a farce. Secondly, it's not like Travis Konechny is playing on a line that's fully correlated against this Montreal penalty kill. He's out. Like, there's nice players. But like you said, they're comparable to the players on the other side coming in in the 10th of the ownership. In GPPs, Montreal's the better play. Yeah. Could it come back and bite you? Yeah, sure. The Flyers could nuke the slate. And me and you will, you know, talk about John Wick for three hours. But, like, but, you know, from a, from a play, from a, GPP standpoint, Montreal is just a better play because if they go off at one and a half percent, not only are you going to kill the Flyers' chalk, 98% of the field doesn't have the Montreal that you have. So I'd much prefer the Montreal side. And they have a 2.9 total. It's not like a 2.2. This team can score. They just have a problem stopping the, the puck from going in their own net. Let's talk about two more teams who have trouble stopping the puck from going in their own net. Vancouver Canucks with a 3.3 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.4 total. Now, Vancouver ha- has lines. The beat writers premised, oh, they practiced with these, but they did this the other day and they didn't start with them in the game. But as they are, it's Pedersen, Kuzmenko, and Dakota Joshua, which is. I don't know. Phil Giuseppe, JT Miller, Brock Besser. And then the third line, Bouvillier drops the third line with Neil Zaman and Jack Stadnicka. Blues going with uh, Verona, Shen, Saad, Kairou, Thomas, Neighbors, and Buchnevis, Kapanen, and Sammy Blay. 
the Blues don't take a ton of penalties. So I, I don't know if it's like the best power play matchup. And I don't know. It, like the Canucks, for some reason, took Kuzmenko off the top power play and put Philip Pronik on. Like, I don't know what these coaches are doing with these two defensemen power play units, especially Philip Pronik. He's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. But you have someone like Kuzmenko, who's a very, very good net front player. They went 0 for 2 on the power play with Ronick. They kicked Ronick off, put Kuzmenko on, and they scored immediately on the power play. Now, with the Blues, they don't take a ton of penalties. Their, their penalty kills middle of the road. You just don't know what Vancouver's going to do with the power play units. Now, with Dakota Joshua, if he is up on the top line with Kuzmenko and Pedersen, I still have interest in them. One, they have no ownership. Two, Pedersen and Kuzmenko could bring anyone to respectability this season. And three, Dakota Joshua has has actually quietly had a very good season in the bottom six. I think he could do well up there. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, in fact, I was looking at how Pedersen and Kuzmenko had done without a lot of the big guns on the line. So without Bo Horvat, without Brock Besser, without Anthony Beauvillier, three expected goals per 60 minutes, 4.2 actual goals per 60 minutes. Like they can, st- they, they can score with absolutely anybody uh, as the third wheel. Like you said, the problem is, is that St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties. The Blues are at 2.6 times shorthanded uh, per game on the season. It's the second fewest time shorthanded per game in the league next to Vegas that we'll talk about later. And that's its own problem. Um, so I don't know how excited I am to play Vancouver, but that top line might be like 1%, 2% owned. And we're getting Jordan Bennington in net. Uh <laughs> As long as he doesn't get kicked out. Yeah. I mean, he might be kicked out by the end of the second period. Um, And there's no matchup on the side of St. Louis that you're worried about, right? Um, There hasn't really been all season long, but especially now with all, you know, a lot of their guys gone. Like even if whether it's Sad or Shen or whether it's Buchnevich and Kapanen, like none of those matchups concern me from a Vancouver perspective. So I really do like going back to the Pedersen line here and, I know people might leave off Dakota Joshua. What I will say is that he has a sizable sample now of being able to drive the play offensively, which I think comes from two things. He's not a bad playmaker in all reality, and he's pretty good in the defensive work, pretty good at forcing turnovers, which can help drive the offense the other way, obviously. I think that kind of player can do well. He's not going to play a lot tonight. He's probably only going to play like 13 minutes. But at 2,500, I think you're perfectly fine. So 
I do like going right back to Vancouver one. You want to go to Vancouver two, I think that's okay, but I'd rather just go with the line that's generating more, has been generating more, has been usually scoring more. Uh, Pedersen, Kuzmenko, uh, Dakota Joshua for me. On the St. Louis side, I think if anything, it would be that Vrana Shen sad line. Um, they're priced as a filler. Um, you know, Vrana and Shen, um, I believe they're both on the top power play unit uh, for St. Louis. I mean, whichever one is the top power play unit at this point, I don't think it really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like, I, I they have been generating um, reasonably well enough. Vrana and Shen, when they're on the ice together, Shen is typically good at creating quality. And if you have a shooter like Vrana who can score just from just about anywhere, they're going to have some really, really bad nights where like the whole line combines for like one shot on goal or something. And then they're going to have some really, really good nights as well. I don't mind that Vrana Shen sideline from St. Louis, but I think it's a Pedersen line. I'm most excited about this game. Yeah, and Dakota Joshua being min price makes that line a bit more palatable just because Elias Patterson's up to 8,800 on DraftKings. Deservedly so, but that's expensive. Yeah, that, I, it, it prices them in with like the Los Angeles Kings and, and the top line from Carolina. Like it puts them in that price range, which makes a big difference. Yeah. Dallas Stars, they 3.6 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.4 total. Jake Ottinger is confirmed. Alex Delock is probable. Um, Dallas going status quo. Chicago, Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, Taylor Radish, Lucas Reichel, Andres Anthony CU, Mackenzie Entwistle. I think that's status quo as well. Not too much ownership here on Dallas one. They are 21 and change for the top line on the road, which is an issue. Like, not from, like, a matchup standpoint. Like, the Blackhawks actually have been okay defensively it's just it's the minutes concern again for the dallas top line i think for that reason i'm i I like dipping down to the dallas second line here they've been very good jamie ben's getting a bit expensive but he does get that top power play time if you want to go to the dallas top line i think that's fine like i have more faith in the dallas top line to have a big game than the pittsburgh top line tonight so I think I prefer Dallas top line to Pittsburgh top line. It's always that minute concern. They can get there. Don't get me wrong. Um, on the Blackhawks side, Jake, our boss, Jake Harry, has Tyler Johnson and prize picks. I, I, that's just a cry for help. We're coming to you, Jake. I'm driving to you after the show. We can go get some more dogs in Iowa or something. I don't know. I just can't play the Blackhawks that percentage. Like that top line over 5% is just going to be a no for me. You want a one-off Lucas Reichel, one-off Andre Anthony Sioux, fine. But I don't want to play a 5% Chicago one here. Yeah, like there's nothing that I'm full stacking. Like you said, if you want a one-off like an Anthony Sioux or, you know, I always say Taylor Radish for his power play. But um, here's the thing is, like, the Chicago hasn't been bad defensively. That's the first thing I want to say is that Johnson-Radish-Dickinson line, 2.3 expected goals against in their minutes together seems unfathomable on this Chicago roster, but you know, you trade away some bad players. Sometimes it can make you better. Um, Their expected goals against have been really, really good. They're not allowing a lot of shot attempts. So it's not like they're getting lucky on a couple plays. 50 shot attempts against per 60 minutes is really good. That's lockdown defense pretty much. 
Um, that's the matchup Dallas one is going into. Like we just saw Boston do this a couple weeks ago, go into Chicago and get embarrassed because they didn't really care about that game. Now Chicago, like Boston and Dallas aren't exactly in the same situation, but um, you know, we have seen teams embarrass themselves against uh, the bottom of the league uh, over the last couple weeks. That top line matchup isn't bad. Alex Stalock hasn't been bad this season either. Um, he's been pretty good when he's, actually been healthy now the chicago penalty kill has been taking a nosedive over the last month especially since they lost jake mccabe but um it makes a pretty good matchup for the, the dallas power play but i don't want to stack a line just for the power play uh, uh, pardon me i'm with you that i think i would rather play them than pittsburgh but i don't think this is a spot where i'm going for my expensive lines either so uh i'm like i'm not that excited about dallas one i'm with you i'm kind of more excited about dallas two here tonight like that second line for the blackhawks i think to see you lucas reichel like they're getting like homer like homer versus bart choked uh on a nightly basis Thir- <laughs> 39 shot it when reichel and evan to see you are on the ice together 39 shot attempts for per 60 minutes 72 against a 35% shot attempt share. They are getting ran over. And Johnston, Dodonoff, and Ben have been pretty good, uh, especially since Dodonoff got there like a month ago. So I'm with you. Dodonoff, Johnston, and Ben is the trio I would go to. Ben is expensive, so if you want to leave him off and just try your luck with a Johnston, Dodonoff, two-man to go cheaper, I think that's fine. But I think Dallas, too, is actually in a pretty fine matchup. And you still get Ben on the top power play in case they do break through. So I think Dallas, too, for me, nothing on the Chicago side. You know what else with Dallas, too? They get comparable minutes to the top line, too. They've been spreading out the ice time. So you're not getting a ma- – you're getting the power play discount, but you aren't getting a minutes discount. They're going to play around, you know, 15, 16. So don't mind that there for sure. MLB is back on, on Thursday. That's the reason my head isn't shaved. I forgot that I had my MLB keepers draft last night. I don't know nothing about MLB right now. I got into the, like the twelfth round. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Like, I don't even know who the player is coming off the board. But celebrate with fifty percent off monthly stochastic platinum subscription available for new and existing customers. Most important part: click that link in the description below. Help us out if you can't. You can use the promo code MLB is back to take advantage of this limited time deal. With this, you get access to everything that we have to offer, projections, ownership, lineup generator, boom, bust tool. It does not include the Pick'em Pro or Bet Pro. That is a separate membership. But actually, I, I, I was a bit mum yesterday with about MLB being back. I am kind of excited about it. I'm going to download I, I am really excited for baseball to come back. I had three my three – I did one keeper draft and two best balls on the weekend. Uh, Jay's uh, home – not home opener, Jay's season opener on Thursday. The AL East looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, especially with Baltimore somehow being better. Like once again, we're going to have like four teams in the AL East with like 90 wins. Thanks, baseball. Really good. Uh, love those division setups. Uh, it's I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, like the new rules, I know some traditionalists are out on the new rules, but man, if I don't have to sit there and watch the number nine hitter fidget with his batting gloves for 30 seconds between every pitch, I am all for it. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. 
AL East is going to be great. And as you being a Blue Jays fan and me being a Yankees fan, the one thing we can agree on, as long as the Red Sox suck, we are happy. Let's move on to the next one here. Los Angeles Kings with a 2.9 total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames have a 3.1 total. Junis Corpusal, Jacob Markstrom are confirmed. Now, I did. I don't think we got Kings lines before we got on the air, but as they were the last game, and correct me if there was skate, but Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield, Fiala, Arvidsson, Deneau, and then Velarde, Moore, and Aya Fala. Yeah, the, the top six should be the same, but they said Velarde's not playing tonight, and Aya is going to take his spot on the top power play unit. Um, I don't know what that means for the bottom six exactly. Like, I would, I suppose somebody like Jared Anderson Dolan can just move up. Um, you know, maybe they dress Arthur Kaliev or something like that. But um, I think the only big note here is that it's Ayafalo taking his spot uh, on the top power play, you know, with Kempi, Kopitar, and Fiala. Yeah, I would imagine either, you know, Anderson Dolan or Kaliev move up or Kaliev comes into the lineup and Anderson Dolan, whatever. I don't think it's going to be a massive DFF impact. Although, I wish Kaliev was on the top power play. Those are good times back in the day for those three days. But as it is, it's just a tough matchup going into Calgary. The problem is Markstrom's been absolute crap this season. Like I am a big Markstrom fan. He's just hasn't been it season, whether it's nagging injuries, whether it's something else, not going to speculate, but I don't know, man, this is a brutal matchup on both sides. Like the, the Byfield line, the Kopitar line with Byfield, they've been great defensively. Now Arvidsson to know with Fiala there, could be a little suspect defensively, so I would maybe target that line. But, like, I don't think I'm going to get to anything in one to three here. This is more of an MME play for sure. Suspect defensively, maybe. Tremendous offensively? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the first thing is the ownership in this game. It's not quite – it's not quite – yeah, but it's not quite Montreal – Philadelphia, but it's kind of the same. Like, there's no ownership on Los Angeles. Every single one of their lines are, are projected under one percent right now. The tops, the top two lines have a combined projection of zero point nine percent ownership. So, like, no one's playing Los Angeles here tonight. Um, on the Calgary side, it's higher, but it's not. It's still not high. They're, like, the top two lines are like right around three uh, percent. All I'm saying is that the home team is that despite. The implied gold totals being pretty close together, 3.1 and 2.9, is like there might be triple the ownership on Calgary. Now, still low ownership overall, uh, just higher ownership. That's all I mean, which makes sense for the home team and all that. Anyways, uh, the Kings top line, it's just like absolute lockdown defensively of late. Yeah, like they've typically been pretty good defensively since Byfield got there. Since the trade deadline three and a half weeks ago, 1.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. That's like 30, 30% better than the league average. Getting like Joe Eric's neck, like. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a brutal matchup. And the second line has been pretty good defensively, even with Fiala there. 2.3 expected goals against, 2.4 actual goals against, and 125 minutes together. Those top six lines for. Uh, Los Angeles have been both really good defensively. Now, the Kopitar line better, but still both good and both better than league average. On the Calgary side, it's kind of the same thing. The Coleman, uh, the Coleman-Backland line, or sorry. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, the Coleman backland line, sorry, is at 2.2 expected goals against. Uh, the Lindholm to Foley Mangiapane line is at 2.1 expected goals against. So, like, they're pretty good defensively as well. So you're basically banking on the goaltenders being bad. And as you said, with Markstrom, he's been pretty bad this year. Um, so what I want to do is probably go to a line that's generating. Now, the problem is, is the Kings second line is the one that's generating a lot more. 3.2 expected goals, 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five with Fiala there. But they're seventeen thousand seven hundred. It's that's the problem. Is they're basically being priced like a top line that's going to play eighteen or nineteen minutes here tonight, and like they could, but you know, same price as the Rangers, like just a little bit less expensive than the Rangers. We still have to get to Winnipeg. Like they're just a little bit less expensive than Winnipeg. Um, you know, Calgary or Vegas's top line is less expensive. Like, there's a lot of pretty good spots, some with high ownership, some with not, but a lot of pretty good spots in that same price range as Kings, too. That's kind of my only problem here. If I were to play anything from the Los Angeles side, it is Kings, too, because that second power play unit has been really, really good all season long, and it's been really, really good of late as well. Um, And Calgary does take quite a few penalties. I think that's where the Kings can break through. So I do like the Kings second line. It's just they're getting starting to get really expensive and it's getting hard to play them. That's my only issue with them. Uh, on the Calgary side, uh, for me, it's all about the Calgary top line. The way they've been matching lines, they've just been basically running top six against top six. So there's no like firm matchup. Um, but that Calgary top line, 4.2 expected goals for in 70 plus minutes together, 74 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes, um, all in the same power play unit. Um, so to fully Lindholm is what I like best on the Calgary side. What I like best in this game is the King second line with Fiala Arvidsson and Deneau. I just think that they're a little bit too expensive for this matchup. Yeah. I wish they're, I mean, it's because Fiala is so expensive. Trevor Moore was there. It'd be more palatable, but you know, you don't get the offensive upside with Trevor Moore as you do with Fiala. So give and take Edmonton Oilers 3.6 total heading into Vegas. The golden Knights have a 3.4 total. <laughs> Stewie Skinner, probably going to go. Jack Campbell went last night. Juanito, Johnny quick, John quick, baby in net for the golden Knights. Now this game immediately gave me headaches. Uh, 
twofold issue here. Oilers, not very good five on five. They're just not. Like Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, they're getting run over. They're awful defensively. Kane, McDavid and Kane without Dreisaitl, horrendous. I mean, McDavid with Kane has been horrendous. Yeah, like, even... That's one thing that's really like worrying me about Edmonton in general. But I mean, for here tonight, go like we don't have time to pull them up now, but like go visit Natural Statric or, or any of the hockey sites and look up the numbers with Kane and McDavid on the ice tonight this season. Like a little bit better than league average. Like think about Connor McDavid's going to put up 100, like what, 150 points this year? And with Evander Kane, they've been a little bit better than league average. It's, there's something going on there. There's like, and it's not just a shooting percentage problem. They're not generating anything. Like it's a big problem that because if Evander Kane's dragging down that top six, they have one line. So like I'm worried about about McDavid and Kane. Yeah, Adam Gold Knights don't take any penalties, and that's where the Oilers do their damage is on the power play. But the thing is, if Vegas takes three penalties tonight, Oilers could go three for three on the power play. Quick can't stop a nosebleed. Their penalty kill, not great. Their five-on-five line's not very good defensively. Like, this feels like a double-edged sword game, and it's giving me a headache. But, like, the ownership on McDavid's nice. The ownership on the second line's nice. The ownership on the Vegas top line is nice. And, like, it's not a bad matchup for the Vegas top line. This game has a seven over under. Goals are going to be scored. But it's just like, if you're trusting the analysis and the numbers here, (laughs) I guess this is one of those nights where you could one off McDavid at 10K. Like 10% ownership is, you know, maybe he comes in at 15%. I guess it's fine. I have interest on both sides here. I think the Vegas top line is in a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm, like I said in my little diatribe, McDavid and Kane are just bad. And, like, I'm not just, you know, this isn't just conjecture. They're up to about 90 minutes with Kyler Yamamoto there. 2.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes of 5 on 5. The league average is 2.5 expected goals for. They're just not generating anything. Now, Yamamoto and, and Yanmark, they've been moving up and down from that top line. Like, everybody's been moving in and out of that top line. But if McDavid's not generating with Kane there, I don't – and Vegas doesn't take any penalties. By far the least penalized team in the league. What's the appeal of the top line? Like, there isn't any for me. Like, maybe a little bit under-owned. But like, there are a lot of spots that are under-owned here tonight. You don't have to play Edmonton for that reason. So – you know, definitely not playing the top line. The second line is generating quite a bit, but Nicholas Roy coming back makes a difference. Uh, like uh, he is a good kind of like two way ish type of middle six forward. And him being with Stevenson is a big, big upgrade defensively over somebody like, you know, Paul Cotter, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's going to be a cupcake matchup for Edmonton too either. Now they're Riley, awful off, like they're awful defensively, so at best they're trading chances. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so um, I think this is a this is a night where I'm out on Edmonton, and it's always dangerous to be out on Edmonton. But it, uh, it's a you know row back to back. 
against the least penalized team in the league. Like, I, I haven't checked lately, but Eric Carlson was still outscoring Connor McDavid at five on five. All of McDavid's production, all of this entire team's production comes on the power play. They only get two power plays. They really, really have to be efficient with them. So I, I, I think I'm out on Edmonton. For me, it's Vegas uh, one. It is that Barbershed Marshall Eichel line. Now, Marshall got pushed to the second power play unit, but it, you, you're not playing Vegas for the power play um, anyway. But they have been generating 2.6 expected goals for basically the same as McDavid and Evander Kane. You know what I mean? <laughs> that they're coming in a lot, lot, uh, a lot cheaper. Um, playing, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes. Uh, going out against that McDavid line, Edmonton does take a lot of penalties. I think it's Vegas one for me that I like best in this game, but um, I wouldn't say no to a cheaper Vegas line if you need them as a filler, but it's Vegas one that is appealing to me. Yeah, me too. And something that I always pops in the back of my head that you mentioned, going against McDavid, you could get a minutes bump for that top line. Yeah. So I like them. Get to this last game of the night. Oh, God. We're staying up late again. Winnipeg Jets with a 3.7 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.7 total. Connor Hellebuck, James Reimer are confirmed. Top line. Is it Niederreiter, Dubois, Connor? That's right. Yep. Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler. Oh, no. Ehlers is on the third line. Oh. <laughs> That's for another day. We don't have time for that shenanigans, but. Here's the here's the thing. The Sharks have a bunch of injuries too. Uh, uh, Barabanov is out. Um, they got you know a couple other guys are out. They're, they're lined there. Well, Hackman's out. Yeah, he's in the AHL anyway. But yeah. here's the thing: Winnipeg three point seven total on the road. Their top line is fully correlated. The problem is their power play is atrocious. They've been so bad. Is you know the San Jose penalty kill what the doctor ordered? Maybe. But I don't know. I kind of like Winnipeg one here. But there's problems. Like, none, there's no, like, oh, this is the spot tonight. Like, there's problems with everything. Um, like, every team on the slate. Winnipeg Jets power play has been bad. So, like, I, I don't know. This is a really good five-on-five -five matchup. I don't think you need to stack them for the power play, though. They are fully correlated, which is nice. Yeah, I, I mean, just to touch on that power play, they're at 49 shots. Um, per 60 minutes, uh, that top unit, not this particular top unit, but with Shifley, Morrissey, and Connor on the ice, they're at 49 shots per 60 minutes at five on four. It's basically what the Philadelphia Flyers are doing. And I'd like, that's not an exaggeration. Um, if you look at uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, over the last month, they're at 49.4 shots per 60 minutes. This Winnipeg power play for the last three months has been the Philadelphia Flyers. That's how bad things have gotten for Winnipeg. Yes, San Jose can be the cure. Absolutely. Especially where San Jose has been taking a lot more penalties. They, they're they about league average on the season in time shorthanded per game. I They're either first or second in PK uh, time on ice since the trade deadline. So they are taking a lot more penalties of late. Um, because the team's getting a lot worse as they get rid of all their players. Um, Kyle Connor and Nino Niederreiter have not played well together this season. Two and a half expected 
goals for two and a half expected goals against per 60 minutes when they're on the ice together. They're kind of the same player though, which is the problem. Yeah. Um, the Winnipeg second line um, has actually been better than Mestnikov and Wheeler. 2.2 expected goals for. I think the top line is fine to play, but it's another one of those situations where I have a hard time playing a Winnipeg stack and not putting Mark Shifley on. I think you're fine to leave Pierre-Luc Dubois off. I was looking at PLD's numbers lately. 26 shots in his last 10 games. It's not bad, 2.6 shots per game. He has zero, zero multi-point games in his last 26 games. Tonight would be 27 or one-third of the season. Knock on some wood. Yeah, maybe he's due tonight. I mean, it's the Winnipeg top line, if anything, obviously. I'm just not super excited to play them on the San Jose side. I guess it's hurdle the bank because they're somewhat cheap, but um, I'm not super excited about them either. Like with Barabanov out, I don't even know what these lines might be now. Um, That's the other problem. Like I think a one-off hurdle is about the most that I like in this game. Obviously Winnipeg one is perfectly fine. They're going to get the minutes. It's a good spot and all that. I just don't think they're playing that well right now. And the power play is a big part of it. And without a good power play, it's hard to be successful for t- to be a top-end guy in DFS. It's just that simple. Yeah. And that's the 10-game slate. And I've come to the conclusion, this slate sucks. <laughs> but we're going to play it. And yep. I know you guys are too. Yep. But coming up after us at 4 p.m., the odd shop with Luffy and Ben – they go over today's best bets with Odd Shoppers Premium Tools. It is a really fun show. You should check that out on the Odd Shopper channel. Probably should talk about D-Men here. There actually are some D- defensemen that I like. Normally, I just hate all the defensemen, but there are actually some that I like. Who you like on the blue line? Uh, for expensive guys, Eric Carlson and Adam Fox are the two that stood out to me. Um, Fox, especially because of that power play spot, I think Columbus's penalty kills – like I said, their goaltending has really let them down, and I can't imagine uh, it's going to get any better tonight. In the mid-price range, Mackenzie Wiegar running that power play. He's getting more minutes as well than Noah Hannafin of late, so don't mind him. Uh, you know, Hampus Lindholm back in the lineup for Boston. He's in fine as well. Mike Matheson, like, he just keeps doing it, man. Uh, I know he's starting to get expensive, but don't mind him. Chris Letang, for sure, for Pittsburgh, like, you know, if you're in on Pittsburgh, you got to be in on Latang here. More at Cedar on the other side of that game. It's actually a bunch of cheap guys I like here tonight. Um, under 3K on DraftKings. Uh, Christensen from Columbus, now that all those guys are <laughs> are injured. Uh, Koba Savage from Montreal as well. Uh, he's probably going to play about 19 minutes. Nick Haig, probably about 19 minutes for Vegas. He's under 3K. Matt Benning from San Jose. I, I mean, back to Evan Bouchard. They priced him up $100 from yesterday. Evan Bouchard again. Um, Brett Pesci and Connor Murphy. Um, Pesci from Carolina, Connor Murphy from Chicago. Uh, Dante Fabro from Nashville as well, uh, as long as Yossi stays out of the lineup. Yeah, Connor Murphy on Sunday. Shorthanded goal and a combo meal at 2900 He's now 3000 Yeah. <sighs> Goalie is another question here i'm looking like i'm i'm scrolling through these goalies here like i think demko at 7600 might be my favorite like i don't want to spend up really so like 
you have you have min price Caden Primo, but like goalie's a weird one tonight. Who are you liking? Andre Vasilevsky, as long as he starts for Tampa. Anybody playing Carolina I'll always start. UC Saros going into Boston. Might I interest you in some UC Saros? If if Nashville has any hope of winning that game, it's because UC Saros makes 40 saves. Like that's just the way I look at it. Um, Demko, I agree with you. Uh, last one is Junas Corpusalo uh, going into Calgary. Calgary typically generates a lot, but struggles to score. So hopefully they can do that again here tonight. That's a good. That's a good one. I I believe. <sighs> Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Detroit night baby Dylan Larkin. Nice. Uh, I was gonna go Kubalik. Uh, we are both on Detroit here. Let me see here. I'm gonna go former blue. Ivan Barbashev. Ooh, I like it. Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. We'll be back on Thursday. Sorry for the little technical hiccup at the beginning of the show, but we, yeah, we'll be back. Like and subscribe and share, or I'm coming for you at night. Oh, yeah. Threats from an eight-year-old. Make sure to like and subscribe. You heard the guy. Um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Click those links in the description. Good luck tonight, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.